It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I think it was a disgraceful performance, and I think it should never be permitted to happen again. That is very good. Hello everyone and welcome to the Cricket Podcast where we have another IPL special. We'll be reviewing all the games from the weekend as well as the, uh, well, the game we had to the watch game today. today. Yeah, yeah, as well as the game today. Uh, I'm Jack Cope and I am joined by Max Ray Brown. How are you doing, Max Ray Brown? Hello, Jack. Uh, I am, I'm, I'm brilliant, mate. Top of the, top of the world and, uh, and, and the IPL. <laughs> And I'm joined by Dan Weston, who I imagine is pretty sad at the moment, Dan. I lost the Weston versus McRoy Brown derby <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> my boys are no longer top of the league, and therefore I will not be doing this podcast with my face mask on. Uh, well, that's plastic, a, that's plastic fan. Um, <laughs> Glory Hunter. <laughs> I have noticed I've been wearing this T-shirt for the, like, the last three or four of these podcasts. It's um it's quite cheap, and I'll, I I I will say that I'm glad that they haven't invented a medium that can project spe- smell uh, across <laughs> the internet uh, <laughs> because it's not exactly fine here. Uh, Max, do we have any messages before we get on with the podcast? We certainly do. The first message is for you, Jack, and that is that you should wash your clothes. <laughs> the uh, the second message is for our listeners and. Uh, they should uh, they should like this video, this live stream. They should uh, subscribe and click the little bell button to stay stay up to date with all things the Cricket Pod, and uh, and they should follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Cricket Pod. Uh, and they should go further than that, Max. They should join, become a become a channel member of the Cricket Podcast. Donate uh, from one pound to more than one pound uh, to keep <laughs> us going, or head over to Patreon, which is in the uh, what, what do they call it? The show notes in the show notes where we get a better deal, and you can basically do the same thing. Uh, and we are, of course, sponsored by Woodstock Cricket. Uh, you can see the badge uh, to my right. 
um, I think, as you look at this. <laughs> uh, that's enough. That's enough. That's enough in terms of messages, though, I think, Max, isn't it? Do you want to talk us through today's uh, cricket match? Because like, I was a bit downbeat about it in the intro, but there were, there, there were, there were moments. There were, yeah. Let's let's uh, let's get it. Just get out of the way, shall we? <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, it was uh, it was Punjab Kings and Kolkata Knight Riders in the uh, in the latest battle of the dunces, um, I suppose, between two teams really struggling down the bottom of the table. Uh, Punjab batted first and got <laughs> off to a very slow start. It was it was ponderous, wasn't it? On a, a ground that's seen so many runs lately, um, seems to possibly have started slowing up. But even then, it was uh, it was pretty ponderous from uh, uh, Rahul and Agarwal up top. Um, after they went, their soft middle was exposed and they scored no runs e- either. And it was only a late blast from uh, the recalled Chris Jordan that uh, salvaged any sort of pride to the score as uh, Punjab muddled their way to 124 or 123. But um, undeterred by Punjab's uh, ineptitude, uh, KKR got off to the worst possible start they could and uh, regularly smacked the ball straight to fielders to find themselves nine for two and later uh, um, 20 odd for three. But Captain Morgan steadied the ship. Finally, a captain's innings from uh, from the Irishman, and he was aided by the uh, by the excellent uh, Tripati, who once again has shown that he's sort of the standout player for KKR this season. And eventually, they uh, they made it home to what was a, a comfortable win, leaving um, Punjab Kings the latest uh, to uh, to look really, really bad. It's a it's a little bit of a thing at the moment, wasn't it? The first week of the IPL, I swear, every game was like went to the final ball or at least the final over. Uh, now it seems like every other game, one of the teams just capitulates, um, raises the white flag, and and, and heads for the, to the bar. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, Max, where, where should we start with this one? With getting involved in this? Well, as always, I think uh, chronology is always good. So why don't we start with uh, a, 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 it's it's a fairly common and uh, I suppose popular topic of ours, and that is it's uh, a time honoured K- tradition. A time honoured tradition, and that'll be KL Rahul and his uh, his ball eating. Um, it, it was bad. I, I've got I, in my notes here that uh, going into this match, they were the worst batting team in the power play in the IPL. Uh, and I think thanks to today's performance, they probably put some distance between themselves and seventh. <laughs> um, it really, I think it really was an absolute shambles, to be honest. Now, I, I, sometimes, I think Ross has made a bit of a name for himself going after KL Rahul. Uh, and we all find that very funny. But sometimes I, th- I think he's wrong and I just can't be bothered to argue with him. Um, today, though, he he was, I don't want to say solely responsible, but he, he set a tone that was so low and so poor that I don't really think that the, the Punjab um, had anywhere to, like, they, it, they looked like they, they, it just took so much momentum out of the game from their perspective that they, they never really were able to recover. Um, I... I don't know. Max, what did you think of it? I've got some more notes, but I don't want to just go yeah. on a long run. <laughs> um, I, I, it was it was really strange to me because what I saw, it wasn't it wasn't as if like, um, you know, there was an attempt there to get off to a really good start and uh, that just, uh, you know, didn't pay off or anything like that. There, there just seemed to be a real lack of intent. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, I, I don't, uh, I don't have the, uh, the necessary ball by ball stats of attempted boundary shots to, to, to back that up. But from, uh, from watching it, it just, it just was a really weird, uh, it looked like a really weird way to approach the game. And, um, as you say, it sort of basically 
gave well gave them the opposite of a of a head start. I gave them a handicap up front, well, that, and it meant that's... that the rest had to come in and try and um, kick on. And once once they all fell, um, it was kind of curtains, wasn't it? That is that is basically my next note is that that every single game Punjab play, they have a deficit based on on where they they should be at the end of six overs. Now the power play is called the power. It's not called the power play because it's not you're not supposed to play powerful <laughs> shots. It's actually it's the easiest time in terms of where the fielders are to hit a boundary, uh, and and to not really even attempt that is is incredibly dumb. It's just incredibly dumb because then, then you have to the next fourteen overs. You have to try extra hard to catch up with where you were. Dan, I mean, we're not wrong here. Then we're not. Are we missing something, or or are they actually, you know, as bad as it appears? No, you've not missed a single thing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I just wish that Ross was here to talk about Kale Rahul's latest points. <laughs> um, I mean, look at it like this, right? They were. Uh, but something like, something like 37 off the power play, which is dreadful, really. Um, they there were 14 overs left. If they scored 10 and over for the rest of the match, they still only get one seven six or something like that, roughly ballpark figure. It's just not good enough. We saw if they haven't played IPL matches in Matera for a long time, but we've seen we've had the luxury of having the recent India versus England T20 international series there. Got some stats. Batting average, uh, bowling average, sorry, thirty-two point five eight. Bowling economy, eight point four nine. That's that's poor bowling uh, in terms of the expectation of bowling on that surface. Pace average, thirty point five nine. Economy, eight point three seven. Spin average is horrendous, thirty-eight point two three. Economy, eight point seven nine. All the evidence points to the fact that this was going to be a batting-friendly track. Okay, when you're going to need to have a high pass score. To, to get to get somewhere in the game. And and Kale Rahul and to some extent Agarwal, at least you can give Agarwal a little bit more credit because he kind of had to oversee a little bit of a collapse at the same time. But he's basically put so much responsibility on their teammates. It's not really a surprise that that they that they've they've all fallen in a heap. I've made some notes on the Punjab Kings uh, innings today, their top seven scored 85 off 95 balls at a strike rate of 89.47. Okay, not to mention, I mean, I don't, I don't mind a high dot percentage, but 60 dots in the innings wow. is just beyond horrific. You know, like so they faced almost 80 percent of their team's innings for a strike rate of less than 90. I mean. Uh- the thing, and then the thing is, they tried to hit at the end, thinking that like somehow they got to like one, two, three, as if it's like some magical number. Their expe- expectation of winning the match, having scored one, two, three, is basically the same or virtually identical as scoring ninety. They may as well have just hit and hit and hit and hit. And if they get ninety, so be it. If they get one twenty-three, well, that's no upgrade. But they could have tried to get like one fifty or one sixty, which would, as the match probably transpired, might have given them half a chance. Can I just dive in as well on, 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 on not exactly a tangential point, but I think kind of to back you up here to some extent here on specifically KL Rahul, because this is, it just happens so regularly that um, someone's got to do something about it, basically. Um, there's, there is a narrative that surrounds KL Rahul's innings, and it, I'm calling them KL Rahul apologists. Um, these people will claim that he's going slow because he knows the rest of the batting order can't bat and that there's loads of responsibility uh, responsibility on him. And in my opinion, 
That is absolute bollocks. Um, <laughs> their batting lineup, their batting lineup just isn't bad. They've got Chris Gale coming in at three. They've got three openers to begin with. Um, then they've got Nicholas Puran. Almost every team in the IPL would fancy a bit of Nicholas Puran. Now I know he's not fired, but that kind of brings us on to the second point. If one of your players opening the batting does what he does on such a consistent basis, almost every time you bat at four or five, you have to try and dig your team out of a massive hole. And you're obviously not going to be able to do that on a very regular basis. You're obviously going to have to start your innings quicker than you want. You're playing in, in, in really suboptimal conditions. And the other team have got a lot of freedom in terms of how they bowl to you and how how, how they can set fields. I just think that... the I mean, I don't know what it is you, you, you can say to him, or maybe this is just how he's going to play forever. But it's 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 strikingly obvious that the guy is a major problem to this team. And, and until, you know, he resolves how he plays or, or how he opens the batting, basically, I don't think that Punjab will ever realise the potential that I actually think is in that team. I think they have a nice... Side. Not, I mean, I, I've talked about Gale uh, and Puram. Oh, we've seen Sharat Khan play well. We've seen Deepak Huda play well. There's no reason whatsoever to not go out and be really aggressive in the power play. Um, unless unless you are just incredibly selfish, basically. Well, he says strike rate doesn't matter. Maybe he did take that a little bit too literally here. <laughs> maybe, the whole, maybe he's told the whole team that strike rate doesn't matter. Uh, just over on Super Chat, uh, boys, uh, Vic London has uh, said thank you for showing up, uh, Dan. Uh, and I, I think he wants you to take your shirt off, but um, you don't have to do that. I'll, I'll save that for Jack. <laughs> Jack's regularly doing that. <laughs> shall we, um, Max, shall we move on to another point? And Vic's, Vic's talked about Captain Morgan joining the party here. Is, is that your next point in this match, or is there somewhere else you'd like to take us first? Um, yeah, we, we can we can go to that. I suppose that kind of uh, skips over the helter-skelter start to uh, to the Kolkata uh, Knight Riders um, innings. Two uh, two ducks in there up up the top, and um, Shubman Gill once again uh, not doing the business. So um, I mean, I mean, at that point we sort of feared, didn't we, for uh, for uh, for K- for KKR that they were going to somehow contrive to uh, to still still lose the game but um yeah after after that point morgan came in and do you think this was uh I mean, yeah what what did what did you make of of the inning so i think it to me it looked sort of it didn't look his most fluent but i think there was some i think he it looked like he came out there with one of those one of those mindsets of like i'm time to try and shut a few <laughs> people up um possibly i mean i i think so I think we we spoke about on the last show how we're not entirely sure that Indian conditions particularly suit Owen Morgan's batting, um, and, and I'd still stand by that. However, I will say that Owen Morgan has shown over a long career that he is an adaptable player, that he is a good white ball batter, um, and so it, it, there is there's an element of just needing a bigger sample size. Like yeah, he hasn't been that good in the first five matches. Uh, but if he plays 10, probably, you know, over 10 innings or 20 innings, he'll probably play you four or five um, that are pretty decent evening conditions, which, you know, maybe don't exactly suit the way he wants to bat. Um, I thought it kind of was, it was the innings the game deserved, really, wasn't it? Like, um, I don't yeah. think Punjab deserved to get anything out of that match. Um, I don't really think KKR were much better, although I think they probably did deserve 
to win overall. Uh, and I, I kind of think the ugliness and the the attempted run out of Raul Trapatti and the actual run out of um, Dre Russ, uh, you know, encapsulated that cricket match in sort of however many balls you face, forty or fifty balls. Do you reckon? Yeah, I, I, I think that's I think that's a, a fair a fair point. It was um, <laughs> it was just uh, it was yeah it was odd, wasn't it? It was not not exactly the spectacle that you were uh, you want to see in terms of. Uh, the, the game as a whole, which um, does kind of bring us to one of the, a question we got on on Twitter in a in a sort of tangential manner, which was whether you reckon there should be um, promotion and or relegation in the IPL, whether we should invite a few more teams in and um, and see if we can uh, jettison some of the rubbish and give some other people a chance. So that came across from Rick and Dan. Do you want to answer that? Yeah, sure. Um, so I think the first point I will make is that if there was relegation in the IPL, we probably wouldn't have seen today's match because uh, Punjab <laughs> Kings would have been relegated a long time ago. They'd be playing in like the, I don't know, side Mushtaq Ali Trophy or something like that. So is that a tick in the box for relegation? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Because at the end of the day, we've seen over and over and over again, I mean, more times than you could count on... 50 pairs of hands how many bad how many bad decisions IPL teams make I'm talking about recruitment I'm talking about retention I'm talking about selection batting orders in play strategy death bowling you name it they've done it but there's no accountability for it I've said this before you know if 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 there was promotion and relegation or like some absurdly huge prize money like they have in the Premier League or the Champions League for winning the tournament then suddenly all these all these IPL franchises are going to be like oh well, it looks like we better actually find some smart people to run our franchises rather than some like random ex player who's got fifty caps. Oh, he must be good. Um, and 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 there isn't there's no accountability, and when there's no accountability, there's no meritocracy. So they can basically just pick their friends and get away with it, and it's that simple, in my opinion. Um, the, the owners are probably picking a lot of the team stuff like that. It's just it's just rubbish. The people who haven't got a clue are are influential in this IPL decision making, and it's and it's to be honest with you, it's just it's not good. And the, the format needs to evolve massively, and that's one way of doing it. You know, if if, if there's implications of being rubbish, basically, you get relegated then suddenly the owners are going to be intolerant to failure. And that's a massive, massive thing. I would love to see, so like, I don't know, two divisions of six, two divisions of eight in the IPR thing would be absolutely brilliant. Couldn't, couldn't wait to do it. You have like morning match, afternoon match, one one in each division or something like that. Oh, it'd be unbelievable. Couldn't wait for it. I think we'd struggle to, to cover it all. <laughs> Well, you'd be full time by then, wouldn't you? Because you yeah, well, yeah, that's, that's, that's true. Yeah. Uh, it's quite, it's, uh, it's quite interesting to discuss that actually in the, you know, in the, in the debris of the, uh, the European Super League, as it were. With the, you could have the IPL moving in the opposite direction and uh, maybe heading towards a, a more traditional yeah, model. It's so true because it's interesting because a lot of people's, you know, problem with the ESL was that there was no relegation. I'm like. Franchise cricket's always been like that. Yeah, I mean, there's a slight difference, isn't there? Of course, with the fact that franchise cricket has uh, the draft system and the salary caps, which uh, yeah. sort of enables a level playing field, which the European Super League would never have. But this is a cricket podcast, isn't it? Not a not not a football one. We'll leave uh, these football. I do think it's a really that. interesting debate to have, though. And I think if they so the IPL is going to be ten teams next year. Yeah. Um, if it wants to expand beyond that, it either needs to run for longer and become more like the NBA or baseball, or you probably do need to look into relegation and promotion. Um, 
and they're, they're, the, they're probably the two routes to further expansion. Um, there's a lot of noise in the chat about one absolutely spectacular moment in this match. Um, I am, of course, talking about Rafi Bishnoy's sort of 40-yard sprint followed by a headlong dive. Uh, that, that was pretty good, wasn't it, Max? Yeah, it's it's just what we like to see, isn't it? It's just what we like to see in the IPL. That that kind of thing. There's uh, it it happens. It happens so often. That's that's sort of one of the one of the reasons it's such a great competition. You get to see these sorts of <laughs> bizarre bizarre things that that um that happen. And uh, and uh, Ravi Bishnoi with the the latest to to give us an example. I I um, think that was honestly one of the best catches I've ever seen. Yeah. Just to cover it, that it was, amount of ground and catch it. It was I mean, just the speed that he was going at. To, the speed that he was going at to actually hold on to it was was what impressed me the most. And I think that was, uh, um, well, I suppose one the one good bit of fielding in that innings. Yeah, he did. Because everything he did, else he did get nutmegs <laughs> twice after that. <laughs> everything else is pretty much just yeah, throwing the ball over the boundary uh, at your own at your own. I I most enjoyed the fact that he could not believe he caught it. I think those are the, <laughs> those are the moments in, in in top level sport I like the most when someone does something and they're like, holy shit, I I didn't even know I could do that. Um, Vic has got one question. I think this kind of goes back to what you guys were just discussing about uh, promotion and relegation. He wants Dan to sort of briefly explain. Uh, whether all teams have the same amount of money to buy players or whether it's whoever uh, Priority Zinta has a crush on. It's kind of a bit of both, isn't it? So they, in theory, they do have the same purse, but they don't all, always spend it. And where they spend it is confusing sometimes, Dan. Yeah, well, I think we, we've covered the fact that where they where they spend it is confusing about a hundred times before because it confuses me every single time I watch an auction or a draft or, or whatever. It's just... There's no, there, there seems to be no, no meritocracy, no strategy, no data-driven thinking among, among a lot of the purchases, especially the valuations of the purchases as well. Um, with regards to spend on the budget, as far as I know, each team has to spend a minimum of 75% of the cap, but then it's up to them whether they spend the amount. And I think some teams, uh, off the top of my head, I think potentially Rajasthan, try not to spend uh, all of their budget. I think we've seen that in, in previous previous years. Um, and, for example, they could have ended up buying Jai Richardson this year as, as opposed to, to Mustafa Zer, stuff like that. Um, but that's their own choice. Every, in theory, everyone can spend the same amount of money, and I think that's a really good thing for the kind of level playing field of this competition. Okay, um, are we ready to sort of put that match to bed? Uh, it's a good win for KKR. I guess it, you know, brings them somewhat back into the tournament now. Um, yeah, I think so. Um, it's, it's sort it's, of shaping up a bit like last year, isn't it? We've got three runaway, uh, three runaway uh, leaders, and everyone else down the bottom is kind of still within a shout. Yeah, apart from maybe SRH. Apart from maybe SRH. Who, who we are about to move on to. What a um, beautiful segue that was. <laughs> it's almost like we planned it, which we definitely did. Um, Delhi Capitals, uh, they took on Sunrisers Hyderabad in yesterday's evening game. So just for reference, we're going in reverse order, um, listeners. Um, they, the Capitals, they won the toss, they opted to bat first and they got off to a flyer as Pritvi Shaw became the first batter since 2013 to hit the first three balls of an IPL match 
4-4. Uh, they kept the pressure on in the power play um, before getting bogged down a little bit as the innings moved on. Uh, in scenes that we've seen before at tonight, it often seems to be easy uh, up front or easier up front and then and then to get a little bit sticky. Um, nearer the end, Steve Smith and Rishabh Pant were able to add some crucial runs and they ended up at 159 off of their 20 overs. Um, now, I, I, at half-time, I will confess, I thought that that would be too much for Sunrisers. Um, but then Bearstow came out like a bullet fired from a really big gun. A gun that could fire a bullet faster than normal. 38 off 18. Um, and SRH put on almost 60 in the power play, uh, albeit for the loss of a couple of wickets. Um, of course, it is SRH, so the middle order factor came into play and they went from like way ahead of the game to you know in total disarray. But... Kane Williamson was sort of there, keeping them just about in touch. It wasn't an amazing innings in terms of like guiding them to victory or anything like that, but he, the game never completely got away from Sunrisers. And so then going into the last couple of overs, uh, that one of their, their debut top player for them, so he played for other, other franchises, but his SRH debut, uh, Jagadisha Suchith blasted 14 off six balls to take things to a super over. Um, so to briefly run through the Super Over, because it was funny, and Dan, I know you can't wait to talk about this as Max um, you know, has completely had enough of this uh, <laughs> and has disappeared. Uh, after pulling off a miracle to get to the Super Over, Sunrisers, they spat in the face of the cricketing gods, to be honest. Uh, and they sent out Dave Warner to face the first ball, uh, opting for some reason to not use Johnny Bairstow whatsoever and to keep Kane Williamson off strike. Uh, Axar Patel with the ball... Kept them to just seven runs, which proved to be not quite enough for Rashid Khan to defend as Delhi won, uh, albeit slightly fortuitously, because there was a, a leg by to win it off the final ball and there was one short run by Warner. Um, let's get to the, the most pertinent question. So we're gonna we're not going to do this in chronological order. Let's just talk about the most important thing first. Uh, Dan, mm -hmm. why wasn't Bairstow batting in that super over? Well, uh... I have literally no clue. I, 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 I saw a prominent ex-India player tweet yesterday and what, speculated it was maybe he was stuck in the toilet or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, so, so when you're picking a two, two players to play a super over, right, there's not a great deal to consider. Okay, There's probably three relevant considerations. The first would be who are your best boundary hitters? Because you just have to tee off straight away, right? And that's that's mandatory. Second, is there a set batsman who's just finished batting, who who could poss possibly you know be in better touch, see the be be seeing the ball a lot better than than someone coming in fresh? Or three, who's bowling the super over? Okay. Now you can kind of understand the logic of Warner batting in the super over if they knew that Axar Patel was bowling. But I don't think they did, because Avesh Khan or Rabada probably would have been more likely to, to have, have been an option at that point. Um, is Kane Williamson, the other the other player in the Super over, better, a, a, a good option? Look, Kane Williamson is, is has an excellent, uh, actually, uh, upside in terms of his hitting. His death, death strike rate is not bad at all, for certainly for a player who's probably a little bit more responsible than a lot of others. And, and we mentioned, uh, you know, who is the if Virat Kohli is the the master of chasing 160 type totals? Kane Williams is pretty much up there as well, in my opinion. Um, but 
you best hope. Why, when you look at the, if you run, had a list, a ranking of the boundary percentages of the Sunrisers team, it's best hope, the rest. Why would you not? Why would you not? Or, or Rashid Khan would be quite close, but he just doesn't last very long. Honestly, Bearstow and Rashid Khan probably would have been a better combo, combo to play this super over. And I just uh, it's kind of blew my mind, really. What on earth were they thinking? I, I um, have, uh, I had a couple of theories. You've, you've touched okay, on yeah. one of them, which was the uh, the Axel Patel that perhaps they, maybe they second guessed that they were going to go with Axel Patel and didn't want two right-handers. Um, the second one being that uh, Johnny Bester was involved in a run-out with David Warner. Oh, so you think... Yeah. I think you there's think vindiction in there. Yeah, I, Warner's I, I, revenge. I, I think, uh, the other Axel Patel thing that could factor uh, factored in, and again, I, I think it should be completely ignored. The England honest, series. Is that Axel Patel had his number in the yeah. Test series. Um, Bester also hit him for at least one six earlier in this match. Uh, I don't think... Um, you should be picking who goes out to bat in a super over based on how they got on in a test series. Yeah. Um, I mean, this in completely is a, this is, yeah. conditions. In this completely is a case where maybe, maybe recency bias is what you need. <laughs> and the recency bias suggests that Johnny Bester scored 38 off 18 and hit four sixes. So uh, that might've been useful in a super over. It, it was so dumb. I just can't, I honestly, I, you could, I couldn't get my head around. Um, the fact, I, yeah, I mean, I'm, I, I, we did see, we did see last year to 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 think of a comparison. K.L. Rahul sort of do the same thing for Punjab, uh, where he promoted himself. Literally, didn't hit the ball off the square, and I, I think um, got bailed out by Mohammed Shami, who bowled like the over of his life to take it to the double super over. Oh yeah. Uh, Rashid Khan was put in a sort of similar situation here. I thought he bowled a reasonably good over, given given the situation. Yeah. Uh, was there any way they could have won it though? I mean, how how often, Dan? I don't off the top of your head whether you know how often the teams fail to chase seven in uh, in Super Overs. Uh, well, I, I guess the sample size is like tiny, but I would imagine that Delhi Capitals were going to be like ninety plus favourites at, at that point to chase seven. And obviously, we talk about the matchups for the Super Over. They they probably did work out that Rashid Khan was going to be the logical choice for for the Super Over, and so they sent out two left-handers, which made a lot of sense. So, I think Delhi Capitals obviously they won the match in the Super Over, but they deserve to win a match just purely on their Super Over strategy, which actually was pretty smart. And uh, Sunrisers, unfortunately, was not. Sunrisers did score more runs off the bat in the Super Over. Well, you know. Um, <laughs> leg, buys, leg buys what won it. In Jason Gillespie's world, that would have um, that would have been a win for the... Cause he, he wants leg buys abol- abolished, doesn't he? Is there anything else in this match that we, uh, that we need to cover? Uh, I can see yes. Vic here has uh, talked about why Williamson might have been used because of the conditions um, and how... Uh, games at that venue seem to be heavily favouring the team batting second because of yeah. The well, I mean, he ball. was he was also sixty six not out at the end, so I think the fact that he was you know what yeah. Dan said set batsman, I think that made perfect sense to send him send him in, especially on yeah, especially on that pitch. Yes. Um, anything you want to talk about for the rest of the game, Max well, or Dan? You go first, Max. Um, I was, I was, well, the only thing I I really wanted to uh, to say was about um, Daily Capital's batting and what uh, what a uh, turnaround uh, Prithvi Shaw's had this year compared to compared to the the UAE. He's been he's been absolutely magnificent, and um, it's really nice to see him 
uh, flourishing this year after all the stick that Ross has been giving him. Uh, yeah, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. I think um, I thought I was the, the thing. The the two things that I thought both teams did really well, which is actually sort of one thing, was attack the power play in Chennai. I think a lot of the other franchises, or in a lot of the other matches, teams haven't gone hard enough early enough in Chennai because you just don't. The, the option to catch up at the death is almost taken away from you because of the conditions. It just, mm. when the ball softens up even a little bit, even after sort of 12 overs, um, it scoring rates actually go down. I think it's the only venue in the IPL where it, it's harder to score at the death than it yeah. is in the middle overs, um, which tells you like quite a significant story because and, at the death, teams are trying to score more uh, yeah. usually. And you just think um, that would be ideal for Sunrisers, don't you, with the team they've got? Like, but they're—it's just—I think their their middle order is so bad <laughs> that it doesn't matter. Like that. Just, 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 just read the scorecard. Like six thirty-eight, sixty-six, four nine five zero eight fourteen. Like, just yes, yeah, shocking. it is so bad. I mean, every every game as well. Sorry, I'm going to bring the score up quickly. The guy who came in number four for them. Uh, who, yeah, he was. Oh my god. Four off fourteen. Yeah, that was one of the most painful innings I've ever sat through. Um, talk about match losing or, or potentially well, it, match It is, losing. isn't it? I mean, at that, that, that stage, they looked really, really well set. It was another Sunrisers story of they looked like they're going to win this game quite comfortably and then completely capitulated and looked like they'd totally blown it and then somehow managed to unblow it and then blow it again. Yeah. Um, would this be a good time? at this point in the show, uh, to talk about some of the players who are leaving the IPL, because we've sort of ignored it in a lot mm. of our coverage, uh, and, and, it, and it started to feature slightly more on on the TV coverage. But um, the situation isn't very good in India, and Ashwin has decided that he would be, it would be better for him and his family if he was helping um, them with their struggle against coronavirus than playing in the IPL. Max, I don't know... We we had a, we had a few tweets in about this. We had one from Versha um, asking basically, and one from Prax as well, asking basically whether you think or whether we think the IPL should continue at this point. Um, I think that is uh, it's obvious. It's an obviously a, an important question and uh, and quite pertinent. And the situation does sound really quite bad. Um, I think the point it the point comes when the bubble gets. Um, well, burst, I suppose, for want of a better term. Um, if uh, you know, if we start seeing uh, a few a few cases pop up in the IPL and uh, and a few players getting it, then I think that's the kind of situation where you might see um, see it being. Well, you might consider uh, some sort of delay or or or, or postponement. But um, I think while while the bubble is intact and and it's all you know being um, done. Uh, quite well, and I think it seems like it's been fairly, fairly well managed uh, so far. I think it probably is worth keeping it going because I mean, we had a similar thing in uh, in the UK with the with the Premier League when when that came back, um, and uh, you know they they decided that they were going to press on with the the um, the Premier League in the sort of the winter period and the end of autumn last year when things were starting to get pretty bad over here and. I think that was actually really important for everyone who was, you know, locked down and stuck at home to have something to kind of escape the reality of how shit everything is. So as long as they can keep, um, you know, keep the IPL 
relatively well uh, protected from everything. I think it would I would keep it keep it going for the sake of people. Yeah, I I, I I'm sort of slightly conflicted on this. I, I I think I kind of agree with you, Max. I mean, it's it's in a sense. Um, my logic on this is: what's the point in cancelling it? Like, it's it's it is obviously the situation is pretty desperate. I mean, you can see on our timeline um, regularly people sending tweets out, uh, basically asking where the nearest ICU bed is for a relative. Uh, and when you're at a point where um, people are using social media to try and get healthcare to save their life, uh, thing things are bad. But sort of as you say, it does provide a little bit of relief in a pretty dark time. Um, and it's not as though cancelling Royal Challengers Bangalore v Chennai Super Kings is going to alleviate the situation in some way. If no. you can, if you can run these two things effectively and, and, and they don't uh, affect each other. So if COVID doesn't affect the players' welfare and similarly, if resources aren't diverted to run the IPL away from, from healthcare, then um, it, it probably should continue. But it's a situation that I think we, 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 we are well aware of. And for our listeners in India, our heart does go out to you. It's, it, we can see that it's not good. Um, and, and we hope um, and we think that it, that it will get better. Um, but, you know, for now, um, stay as safe as you can, basically. Mm. Um, and after that, you know, brief diversion, which I think we probably did have to talk about. Um, yeah. We can move on to Royal Challengers, Bangalore, for CSK. Obviously, three, three, was it three RCB players have gone home or two RCB players have gone home? But maybe we'll get to that in a moment. <clears throat> well, it's just the Aussies, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Who aren't going to play, it's fine. Because this was an absolutely huge clash. The South Indian Derby as I'm calling it. It might be called that as well, but I I, I, I saw someone say it and that's why I'm going to, I'm going to go with that. Uh, the unbeaten Royal Challengers Bangalore took on the impressive Chennai Super Kings. Uh, CSK won the toss and surprised a few people by deciding to bat first. Uh, Dhoni said uh, that he made that decision because, or partly because it was a very hot day. And I think there was some evidence for that because a lot of the RCB fielders were fielding with ice packs on their head. Um, CSK, they batted pretty well to start off with, and it looked as though they were going to threaten a really big score. And then they had a little bit of a collapse and went into the last over only on 154, which on that wankaday pitch looked like it would be a reasonably gettable target for the inform RCB side. Uh, enter Jadeja. Um, and this, I mean, things got wild in this over. Uh, Jadeja, I mean, it was it absolutely rocked. The whole tournament, he hit five sixes, a four and a two off a seven ball Harshal Patel over. Uh, Harshal Patel, who is the current Purple Cap winner or holder and had been having a really good tournament. Now we're all going to remember him for this. He'd been having a really good day as well. It was (laughs) three for 14, wasn't it? Yes, he had. Uh, Anyway, that over up for 37 runs. I think that's a joint record in IPL history. Uh, It rocketed CSK up to 191. Uh, RCB in response, they batted like a team who just conceded 37 off the last over. <laughs> uh, possibly unable to believe what had just happened. They stumbled to a total of 122 for nine uh, as Jadeja took three for 13 and completed a run out. Um, Dan, I'm going to go over to you first with the man of the hour. Jadeja, where does he rank in terms of all the players in the IPL? Uh, because that, he seemed to just win that match by himself. 
Okay, so it's interesting because a couple of days ago on Twitter, someone said to me, okay, look, who would your top 11, what would your starting 11 be if you could pick any players from the IPL with four overseas players and an 85 crore budget, all right? And I probably surprised a few people by saying I would have Jadeja in my team because he's a three-dimensional player. Uh, Indian spinners who bat are a pretty rare resource and it's all about team balance and and he he, he started in pretty well for me. And uh, yeah, and my obviously superb knowledge of cricket was uh, <laughs> proven by, <laughs> by him hitting 60, 62 of 28, 37 in one over and three for 13 or four overs with the ball. <laughs> oh, and let's not forget a run out as well. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's what the Aussies call a day out, isn't it? Yeah. It was a day out and a half. It was he, a week he, out. He had a week-long bender <laughs> on that one. That was unbelievable. I didn't see the post-match presentations, but I'm presuming they just got him to stand there whilst he got like... <laughs> they just gave him everything. Day and Showered him in praise. Moment of the day, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was, it, was, like, it was truly incredible. Dan, I mean, obviously, as an RCB fan, you, you must have been slightly gutted that it happened to you. Um, yeah, I was distraught, actually. Um, <laughs> but I will take the positives. My man, Devdut Padakal, again, 34 or 15 balls. We'll take that all day long. Harshal Patel, despite the treatment at the end of the uh, innings, extended his lead as the purple cap holder. But do you know what I was really disappointed in? And I'm actually to be actually quite serious here. I After that match, they lost by 69 runs. It was an absolute beating. And Virat Kohli's just walking around laughing. I'm like, if you were not from four, you would not be laughing right now, having lost like 69 runs to CSK, basically a team with an average age of about 40. Um, it was like, yeah, I was, I don't, I, I, on a broad point, I hate it when sports players get thrashed and they walk around laughing. It, it, it really, really annoys me. That surprises me, Dan. So I thought you were kind of like one of those process people who who look at sport and you're yeah. and, and think about it in terms I of like, if you turn up and you do everything you're supposed to do every or, or to the best of your ability every time then you know if the results come or the, or the results should come eventually yeah. so yeah. A, a, a one-off defeat and having or having a bit of a laugh about a one-off defeat I, I, i'd have thought that would pass you by no i'm process driven but i also want it to hurt as well Okay, so you, you because, want the you know, emotional like, pain. Yeah, like the, the team, when I work with teams, right, if even if even if we execute our strategies well, I mean, well, there isn't really ever a time where you could execute all your strategies well because you just don't get the perfect match. But you, the things you're going around in your head after, you know, could we, after the game, could we do this better? Could, what could we have done if, instead of this? Blah, 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 blah. You know, fr- from my experience, I don't sleep that well after a match, even if we've won. So... I, and if we've lost and we've we've made bad decisions a lot, I can't sleep at all. It hurts. It hurts me bad, and that's from personal personal experience. And I certainly, if I if I was involved with a team who lost by seventy runs, I would not be laughing. I would be really really angry. <laughs> um, that's just me. But you know, you see it sometimes. I, I actually watch a lot of darts. I, I I do like the darts on TV. And some players, like if they lose, they are really heartbroken. They, it means a lot to them. And then you see some people just like walking off laughing. And I'm just like, no, like that's it's professional sport. I don't like it. I'm probably gonna get abused in the chat for it, but I don't care. No, actually, a lot of people are agreeing with you. The other, the other, I mean, a, a couple of people have um, 
said that the 25th of April is now Jadeja Day in India. <laughs> uh, I don't, I don't yep. know if that's absolutely true, but it should Every be. day is Jadeja Day. Absolutely should be. Swadin's given us a cup of coffee, which is really nice. Um, and a lot of people, Vic included, want us to talk about whether Stokes or Jadeja is better. Are you probably taking Jadeja in most cricket? Oh, yeah. To be oh, honest. Yeah. I think there's a there's a good argument in Test cricket out of India to have Stokes, but but um, I, across all formats, Jadeja is such a beast. What, um, I, what I took from from that performance is how lucky we were that Jadeja wasn't available for the Indi- England v India. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was like that's why he's better than Axel Patel. <laughs> yeah, he was so good. I think we probably should, though. I mean, for all the for all the lauding of how brilliant Jadeja is, and I absolutely I love the man. I think he's phenomenal. We should pile in on Harshal Patel's final over in that game because that probably was the worst uh, like death over I've seen since Ben Stokes at the 2020 World Cup to uh, to Brathwaite. Because uh, I mean, what the first two were just half volleys on middle stump in the in the arc. Um, which disappeared. Then he bowled uh, a waist, well, above waist high full toss, and then there was another full toss which disappeared for six. It was awful. It was it absolutely terrible. I, I did want to talk about that a little bit. Um, I, I just want to talk about Harshal Patel in general because he has come kind of from nowhere to be purple cap holder, and I wanted to kind of hear the thoughts from you two about whether this purple patch, uh, as it were, is. <laughs> is sustainable long-term. And Max, we'll ask you and then we'll hear from Dan. Oh, that was that was the end of... Right, okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I, I I think it could be. Because like, even though today he got slaughtered... Well, not today. What was it? Uh, Saturday, Sunday? Saturday? Sun, Sunday. Um, he got slaughtered in that over. He'd still taken three wickets. And he's still chipping in with wickets every game. So he has shown over the first, uh, what is it, five, six games of the tournament, which is uh, a you know, solid chunk of it, that he can regularly take wickets. And he's got a head start now. Um, you know, with that that fiver in the first game has given him a given him a lead, so it's going to take some catching up, I think. Yeah, uh, Dan. I mean, I I think to some extent this expose, exposes the slight flaws in the in the purple cap. We've already talked a lot on this show about how yeah. the orange cap doesn't necessarily mean best batter. In fact, quite often it just just awarded to somebody oh, who's had yeah minimal impact overall <laughs> on on the outcome of their team's matches. Um, Purple cap winner. Often it seems to go to bowlers who bowl a lot at the death. Mm-hmm. Um, Harshal Patel's obviously been doing that when, and if you if you bowl at the death in the right conditions, um, there are some free wickets to be had. Uh, has he been lucky in terms of the people he's been getting out, or has he been getting out good batters and just ran into Jadeja uh, having a week long bender? Yeah, well, um, probably a bit of both, I reckon. Um... So we talk. Uh, you just mentioned about the death getting to keep wickets and stuff, and you're you're right. That will massively help that purple cap winner most of the time. Um, balls per wicket figures just simply much much lower at the death because bats take more risks. It's that it's that, it's that simple. And you've got five shots uh, outside the circle. He was only one wicket away from being the purple cap holder, if such things exist, in the recent side Mushtaq Ali Trophy as well. And uh, yeah, he he took nineteen wickets uh, at a cost of just under sixteen in that, which was and that, that was in the that was before the sorry that was before the previous IPL that he didn't actually play. In. But he's, what I'm trying to say is he's thirty years old, and career turnarounds don't usually happen for thirty year olds. 
but there's perhaps some evidence to suggest that he's on an, an up curve. Maybe he's worked out his game, and there's evidence to suggest that this is not necessarily a one-off. Um, and I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how he does in, in the rest of the tournament, and maybe maybe that rare career turnaround is actually possible for Arshall Patel. Well, they're uh, always good stories when it happens, aren't they? Like, you always want to root yeah. for the guy who's been a bit of a journeyman and puts it all together. Maybe, you know, maybe he'll be the guy who bowls the final over in the final yeah. of the IPL well, and, yeah. and takes down the, the, the trophy for RCB for the first time. I can tell you one thing as well. He would not have been hit for 37 runs in and over if Kedar Yadav was still playing for CSK. <laughs> Unfortunately, he isn't. Unfortunately, he isn't. Because, because I never got quite got that chance to talk about a Sunrise's middle order. But all I will ask you now is, if Kado Yadav is the answer, what is the question? <laughs> Who's the worst number six in the IPL? <laughs> um, <it's, laughs> um, we did have one question in here from Vinay on Twitter. Uh, he asked... Uh, basically, should Dhoni bat at 11? I think this might have been a bit tongue-in-cheek. Uh, it, it didn't really have any impact on the outcome of this match, but Dhoni again came in ahead of Sam Curran and DJ Bravo. We've talked about it a little bit. I don't know if we, we've, we've talked about it, Dan. Um, where do you see Dhoni's role over the rest of this season? Um, he's kind of, at this point in time, I'm quite sad to say it because obviously he's been a great of Indian cricket. It's kind of like becoming the IPL equivalent of Darren Sammy. And basically just like doesn't bat, doesn't bowl, uh, doesn't do a great deal apart from being a specialist captain. And I'm sorry to say that. And I'll probably, again, I'm probably going to get abused in the chat for saying that. But his match involvement percentage is just tiny right now in terms of like balls balls batted or balls bowled. He's costing like, I don't know how much it is, but like ballpark a fifth of their budget. And, and that's just not good at all and and unfortunately with the mega auction like to, to take place next year that is something however awkward it it is that the csk are going to have to address because okay. you can't pay a fifth of your budget for a specialist captain we had a couple of big chat questions through vic uh sort of agreeing with us on the purple cap and then stannis uh, he wanted to talk a little bit about Coley, and, and I think this might introduce a nice conversation about RCB's batting order because we haven't. Look, we've talked a lot about Jadeja and the good, the good, the good, and the really good. Uh, but there was they had a little bit of agency in their own downfall. RCB. So Stanis asks, uh, Coley either gets out early or or takes too much time to settle in, uh, slowing down the RCB run rate uh, with ABD Maxwell and Padakal. Uh, saving him is Coley overrated, and I think we should extend that question out a little bit and talk about why or or i mean i i would add my view that i think actually in as in in his role as the anchor in this particular batting lineup i think coley works max what do you reckon about rcb and coley um i think it's definitely uh better this year because he's opening the batting Mm -hmm. and we've discussed that before that uh you know he he's not sort of coming in and putting the brakes on an innings that's kind of getting going. He's sort of got the opportunity to actually uh, get that start that he needs before he really kicks on. And when you've got someone like Padakal at the other end who has uh, really um, got, you know, hit, hit the ground running now after after the first couple of games, you know, 34 off 15, he, he scored and looked like, again, making the chase look trivial like he did um, the other day with that fabulous unbeaten 100. I... My what I 
don't quite get is where Washington Sundar fits in because I, he came in. At, <laughs> the he wild came card. In at, he came in at three after you'd got not a bad start. Like you know, I, um, and he, you know, he he did like he did Coley but worse basically. You know, he he took eleven balls to score seven, and uh, and then you know started the Jadeja, uh the Jadeja domino. Uh, so, I mean, when you've got someone like Davilias and Glenn Maxwell in there, when you need to get going because you're chasing 190, I don't understand uh, Washington Sundar coming in at, at three. I think you need to get ahead. And then, you know, maybe towards the end, Sundar will be useful in, you know, keeping it ticking. But um, I think uh, I, I think their batting lineup is pretty good. But I just think that's that was the question for me in that game. Dan, would you add anything to that or...? Yeah, I, I, a little bit, yeah. Um, okay, so Washington Sundar is a good player, I think. However, he could, should be a good player for someone else, another a different team. And, that, and that's not meant with any slight on Washington Sundar at all. Like I said, I think he's a good player. But you don't need Washington Sundar and Glenn Maxwell in the same team. And the reason for that is because they're both off-spin bowlers. They both have a preferential matchup to left-handers. And they're not that many left-handers unless you play against Delhi, okay? Um, Glenn Maxwell, if you look at his numbers against left-handers in domestic cricket, his economy is just over seven runs and over, and his strike rate's like about four four overs for a wicket as well. It's not bad at all. In fact, he's better than a lot of specialist off-spinners against left-handers alone. So you could just pick Maxwell as a left... as, as a left-hander target, if you like, for with a ball, and then um, pick a more explosive domestic batsman to cover the gap for Washington Sundar. And I just think that that would make a lot of sense to, to do that over a long period of time. And like I said, he's he's a good player, but if you've got Maxwell, you don't need Sundar. And arguably, they, they have uh, an explosive uh, domestic batsman in their squad that they haven't been using, which we were a little... Several, yeah. Yeah, so I think that's a fair point. Strange times. Um, right, I think we should move on to the last game, and then maybe we will do a quick thoughts on the next couple uh, after that. So, Max, uh, you're down to summarise uh, this one. Before we do, we should mention really quickly that we're sponsored by Woodstock Cricket. Lovely cricket bats. Uh, and if you want to support the podcast directly, you can click join um, down below if you're listening on or watching on YouTube, or head over to Patreon, which is in the show notes. Uh, and gives us a slightly better deal for, I think, about the same price. So uh, do that. Keep us going. Keep us really happy. Um, and Max, now you can talk. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, so this was uh, this was the the prequel to today's Battle of the Dunces. Um, <laughs> Battle of the Dunces Part 1 between Kolkata Knight Riders and Rajasthan Royals, two teams languishing down the bottom at the time. Um KKR got things started. Uh, well, yeah, they did get things started because they they got off to a reasonable start. Um, once uh, Rahul Tripathi came in, and again uh, scored scored some decent runs at a decent rate, looking like uh, you know uh, the, the sort of the key man in that top order for uh, for KKR at the moment. Um, unfortunately, after that, it kind of uh, kind of uh, fell apart again. Owen Morgan being run out without facing a ball was not. Uh, part of the plan and um, and a sort of a runner ball 25 from Dinesh Kartik uh, 
uh, meant that they managed to trudge their way uh, to a, a pretty uninspiring 133 for nine at the uh, at the Wankidi, where obviously we've seen the ball disappearing to all parts. So uh, little little hope you would have thought for Night Riders, but they were playing Rajasthan, so uh, there's always a chance. And um, Butler failed again. I'm very sad to say uh, the, uh, the the England talisman is not not having a good time at the top of the order. And um, but what was good to see was Jaiswell coming in and getting his chance finally. And uh, he looks he played some played some nice shots for his uh, for his 22. Um, one in particular, I, I recall a little clip of his legs coming down the wicket was uh, was a lovely cricket shot. And um, he put a bit of impetus into the innings, which uh, Sanju Sampson uh, saw home with a, a captain's innings, uh, not particularly quickly scored, but that wasn't exactly necessary. And very much in the, I think in the vein of what Johnny Bairstow did for Sunrisers in, in their maiden victory this year, Sampson just sort of looked at the situation and thought, we need the win. Let's just do this very carefully, and uh, and so it was uh, a, a six wicket win, um, comfortably home with the experience of David Miller to to help him. So um, yeah, Rajasthan still just about hanging on. Yeah. Okay. Um. So I will admit I I didn't catch this match because I was playing cricket. I took uh, six for thirty four on Saturday afternoon. Six wickets. <laughs> um, it was pretty good. Uh, probably better than this cricket match from the sounds of things. Um. <laughs> A question I had, though, and, and this sort of relates to that today's game a little bit as well, is why is Pat Cummins such a drain in, in the IPL? Um, I don't know, Max, from a technical point of view, or, or Dan, from a statistic, statistical point of view, whether there's something obviously going on here, but it seems like people are basically targeting him. It's uh, it's been a, it's been a theme, hasn't it? I th- I think, uh, from, from, uh, from watching Pat Cummins, I think he just tries to come in a bold the fastest ball he can all the time, which isn't necessarily the right tactic. And I haven't seen him really use much of, uh, you know, your, your classical uh, run-saving deliveries with your wide Yorkers and yeah, and and that and that kind of thing. He just, I, I just, he just doesn't seem to really get it. But I, I don't know if the the stats back that up at all, Dan. If you've got uh, any actual insight into Pat Cummins's. Kind of, not really from a statistical point of view, but a different angle, I think. Um, so, boys, have a guess. From the 2017-18 season onwards, so the season that starts in about December 2017 of the Big Bash, how many Big Bash matches do you reckon Pat Cummins has played? Ooh, I think zero Four? would be the answer. We're kind of halfway between the two. He's played one. Oh. Right. Yeah. In 2019, February 2019, he's played one big bash match. Okay, so my my the point I'm trying to make is I don't think that the skills from other formats are really transferable to T20 and it's like kind of like a different sport. And a handful of international matches and some IPL matches last year or whatever, he hadn't barely played T20 between 2017 and the last year's IPL. Yeah. And he actually, he, I thought he grew into last year's IPL a little bit. So maybe it's a well, That's probably thing. pretty logical, really, because yeah, in the yeah. three and a half year period, he played a handful of T20 matches. What do you expect? And then you play 15 crawl for a guy who has <laughs> barely played well, T20 and expect him to be a world beater. 
I think you can extrapolate this out further to another guy we were talking about about 15 minutes ago. Ben Stokes probably also mm-hmm. plays a similarly low number of um, T20 matches. And I wonder if overall, um, at least in sort of England and Australia, whether bowlers in particular just do not play enough T20 for people to have sort of an accurate grasp of how good they are mm-hmm. and maybe also um, have enough sort of game time basically mm. to work on some of those fundamental skills because it's we've we've actually i think this is a sort of you know one of our loose themes um that runs scored in bilateral odi and bilateral t20 cricket uh are score you you get like a bonus you get a boost to your average and your strike rate in those games at international level because mm-hmm. quite often you're playing against the b team of the bowl the opposition to bowlers yeah. because they played the test series and they don't want to you know, thrash them, basically. And you see this in ICC tournaments. You see batting averages uh, and strike rates go down in World Cups um, as, you know, good players come back into the side. Um, so I think you, you might actually be on something there, there with Cummins. And Max, I think you probably identified some of the skills that he uh, might need to work on a little bit, don't you think? Like some of those slower balls, some of the the, the yeah. slightly different target areas when he's well, from, from well, the Well, that's point. it, isn't it? When your uh, when your main uh, diet of cricket is touring and playing test matches uh, with your international side, how often do you practice slower balls and yorkers? Like you know, you're it's all about line and length, and that's what you're training your body to do. And suddenly saying, right now, I need to go and play this completely different thing, like you say almost as if it's a different sport and you're trying to you know aim aim for the for the block hole or try that you know disguised slower ball and, and cutters and things it's uh it's it's a different skill set and not something that they regularly practice so unless they have the opportunity of like you say sort of getting getting used to the ipl and, and growing into it it's i guess yeah it's not it's not really surprising to see someone someone who doesn't play much t20 struggle at t20 uh, Max, was there anything else from this game that you think is a talking point? Um, looks like a bit of a, a dud to me. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was a. It was pretty. Uh, pretty uh, uninspiring. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I, Owen Morgan being run out without facing a ball was uh, kind of tragic, wasn't it? His, uh, you could his his face when he went off. He did manage to uh, did manage to uh, show a wry smile uh, on on his uh, exit from the from the middle after um, <laughs> failing to dive to to make his ground. So um, some <laughs> that's uh, yeah um, that's nice nice for him, wasn't it? But uh, I suppose Chris Chris Morris um, showing again his value for Rajasthan, basically tying up the end you know he was brought in as a, a death bowler who can hit and uh he really excelled at the death he took the last four wickets and uh and ended up you know with a, an economy rate of 5.75 and that basically put the brakes on any hope kkr had of getting to a, a defendable total so i think um he's proved to be i don't know whether you would say worth what they spent because he was oh, they spent a lot but he's proved to be a very sound acquisition you do you do wonder if uh, if Joffre Archer were around, what their what things what things might be like, but better they would be better. I would I would <laughs> yeah they would be better. But actually, I think um, I have to give some credit to Mr. Fizer because I think he's done quite well in Archer's absence. I mean, obviously nowhere near as good as Archer, but I think he's um, he's done done all right for a man who's got to fill some pretty big big shoes. Um, so I, th- I, th- I uh, Rajasthan probably a little better than we gave him credit for, but 
Cool. Right, let's talk about the next couple of matches because we aren't going to be doing a show tomorrow. We'll be back on Wednesday. Dan, I think you're with us again, aren't you? So, yep, we uh, We have, coming up tomorrow, it's Delhi Capitals v Royal Challengers Bangalore. So that's another top-of-the-table clash. Um, who do you fancy in that one, Dan? Um, I can't look any further than my boys RCB. Can I get back yeah. get back to winning ways, get back to the top of the table and get this face mask back on as well? <laughs> <laughs> Max, have you got any thoughts on, on this, this match? Uh, I, I can't wait for it. I think we should be able to um, put aside our recent uh, spate of slightly less... Um, tight games apart from the super over of course and yep. we should see some uh, some real some real fireworks tomorrow uh i'm interested to see how they deal with uh you know there was a game today at, uh was it today or well, <laughs> the game at the recent yeah, game at yeah. Ahmedabad where uh, <laughs> where um probably didn't really get a didn't get a real yeah it's, it's been a long day didn't get a real sense of um what really would have would be uh the right score on that so uh, i think this probably gives us a better opportunity to see um see how that should play out uh i'm i'm gonna go i'm gonna plump for for delhi i think the i think csk and jadeja have started the inevitable slide of doom for rcb means, and Coley, and they're I, on their way they're on their way down down i down. have to make the call then either way so I actually, I think Delhi were a little bit lucky to beat Sunrisers Hyderabad, and Sunrisers Hyderabad are bad. Um, CSK are good, and so it's no shame in losing to CSK. So therefore, I think RCB are going to win. Um, I think the the flip they'll flip the script, and and this is their year. They're going to go a thirteen and one, uh, win both their playoff matches, and take home. Uh, the trophy. Uh, which brings us on to Wednesday's match between Chennai Super Kings and Sunrisers Hyderabad. Max, as a diehard man in yellow, um, you get to talk about this one first. Who are you backing for the win and why? Uh, Sunrisers. We're going to bloody blow it, aren't we? I mean, that's uh, after Sunrisers can uh, put aside Chennai and the horrible, horrible time they've had there and uh, the fresh pastures, I think. Um, we'll give them fresh mind, and I can see, I can just see CSK uh, blowing it. Having been so good uh, in that game against RCB, well, Jadeja being so good, maybe he papered over some cracks. Yeah, but they, he papered over them really well. He did. Um, maybe yeah, he did more than paper. paper. He plastered. He plastered <laughs> over the cracks. <laughs> He, he did like a full structural analysis of the cracks. Repaired the cracks. <laughs> <laughs> Dan, um, same question for you. Chennai Super Kings v Sunrisers Hyderabad. Uh, Max thinks that won't go with the form book. I don't know if I agree with him. What do you think? I've got more faith in Max's boys, CSK, than he's got it himself. Um, I mean, what, what can you say about the Sunrisers? I mean, every game they're making all these changes on a regular basis and they still can't find this up. Uh, Winning formula uh, when they probably didn't have their best team to start yeah. with. Are they are they doing a Tom Bowler selection? Or, I mean, <laughs> was, it, was it Ross <laughs> coined the term fifty-two card pickup? Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, 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 I mean, like, yeah, I just I just can't I can't get behind a team with that middle order. It's just beyond bad, um, and will Manish Pandey get a run out? Will Kedar Yadav somehow keep his place despite striking at less than 100 over the last two and a bit seasons of the IPL? No. There's, they've, got, <laughs> they've, got, they've got barely... I mean, when we spoke before the season about Sunrisers, we were like, okay, 
got 14 to 16 banker overs. Rashid Khan, Bhuvneshwar Kumar, Sandeep Sharma, and Natarajan. And the only player who played out of that the other day was Rashid Khan. Yeah, we so, actually we didn't we didn't get into that in too much detail. We, we no. were so caught up in the super over. But Natarajan, he's done for the tournament. Bhuvi yeah. pulled up. Uh, I think once it wasn't too bad, but it was bad enough for him to not play. He couldn't bowl four yeah. overs. Um, that's a big problem for a team that that can't really chase 100. Well, they, they, they failed to chase 160. I, I, I think that's the, sort of the ceiling of what they're capable of in some ways. Mm-hmm. I agree with that completely. Um, I am also going to say Chennai Super Kings, oh, but it, you know, like it is, it's the IPL. There are some really good. I mean, Bearstows could get 100. Uh, and, and win it single-handedly. But I think they are almost in that territory. I think they're in the same boat as Rajasthan Royals in that they need quite spectacular individual uh, performances to to give them a chance of winning matches. And, and um, that's not a particularly successful formula for success, in my opinion. Anyway, that uh, wraps up the Cricket Podcast for this episode. We will be back, as I said, on Wednesday. Uh, a reminder that you should click join on our channel below. You should head over to our Patreon. You should buy a Woodstock cricket bat. Uh, leave a comment after this stream's closed. Follow us on Twitter at the Cricket Pod uh, and give Dan a follow as well. Dan, where can they find you? They can find me at SA Advantage on Twitter. There we are. Uh, should we say goodbye, boys? Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. <laughs>